Welcome to heaven. I am Yong Yeah. I play Enrico Pucci in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I play Yasutaka Shirakawa in Lost Judgment Kaito Files, Madeline Cookie in Cookie Run Kingdom. I am have a list here, a Homelander <laughs> in uh, Death Battle, and among many others that I've uh, just had such a great honor to, to be able to bring to life. And this is the Points of Experience Podcast. Double trouble, dude. That was double trouble. What the hell just happened? Did we just have another <laughs> insane episode of uh, Pox, dude? Of Pox? We were poxing out, dude. We pox- I, it, dude, it, we got so poxed on this one, dude. It appeared that we were poxing out. I, I'm just saying. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy how we get these fantastic ex- guests? Gexed. We get these fantastic guests. Yeah, I'm like not sure Yong what Yao. that is, but we had some pretty cool guests so far. Yeah, we're we're very privileged, and uh, as you all just heard, Young Yeah, one of the greatest um, actors, as well as most influential people in terms of the gaming uh, content community, with his reviews, his uh, overviews of news that goes on. It's I've been a fan of his work, um, and have watched his videos before I even knew him as a voice actor, and then to know that he has been absolutely slaying in this industry, working on JoJo's, God of War, Cookie Run Kingdom. Uh, He's just one of the most naturally gifted actors. I know he's not going to agree with that, and we get into this in the the video, but his capacity for creating characters. um, Just go to his YouTube and watch his, like, he's got a long demo of all of the the characters he's done, and I compliment him on this in the show, but just just go and listen to the range that this guy has, Um, and the fact that we haven't heard from him sooner because he decided to take on a career as a, a YouTuber amassing an audience over a million people, like... All right, Yong, we understand you had to do that. Great, but please, more voiceover. <laughs> imagine a million people watching you do something. Like, imagine I mean, that's obviously... Like a, like a PB&J, and there's a million people just, like, watching <laughs> you do it. Like, would Isn't that, that a ridiculous would that way? Change, to... Would that change how you make it? I for the for the average person, I imagine sure, but that's the reality of like what YouTube is. Is it literally it's you doing kind of like daily life sometimes, or just talking to a camera like he talks about, just being himself. But in reality, it's like you said, you have a, a stadium just watching yeah. you do what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's insane. He, I mean, it's multiple stadiums for him. Uh, this episode, I, I selfishly had one of the best times I could, uh, geeking out over some of my favorite games and stuff. And as we found out, Joe, he's a fan of everything that we love. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. impeccable taste, impeccable taste. Yeah, a lot of war references. Just, <laughs> I, you know, he, I still have Ratchet and Clank on my PS5 that I just finally got. Mm. Consumerism, is, you know, that's plus one for consumerism because now people can actually buy PlayStations and graphics cards now because the world is returning yeah. back to uh, a non-zombie-like state. So that's always <laughs> a great thing. Slowly but steady, we'll have, uh, you know, it won't be a rarity to have a 3080, right? Because you're now the proud owner of a, a new 3080, Listen, right? it's in transit, so... Oh, so <laughs> not even yet. Until it gets there, I'll believe it when I see it. Hold on. Uh, Let's take it a little slower here. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, this. Oh. Uh, I was. What did you you got to say? You said you got something? 
No, I no, got, no, no. I got what? something. What do you got to say for me here, okay, bud? Okay, all right. I want to say that something that Young said that resonated with me was, and you guys will hear this very shortly, but he mentioned how um, people didn't think he can do expressions and like voice acting because of his demeanor. And he went ahead and said, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and he crushed it. So he, that's honestly, just some motivation for everybody. He, uh, yeah, anybody, he is dude. Just don't listen really believe in yourself. Kick, kick butt. We talk a lot about kicking butt this episode. If you are interested in content creating, uh, getting into the gaming industry in some capacity or being a voice actor, I mean, Young is a, is a shining example of, you know, coming from humble beginnings and then uh, deciding to take a crazy leap into becoming a content creator and then, you know, pivoting a little bit to say, I love doing something and I'm just going to do it for the love of it. All right, dude. You know what I actually wanted to ask you is what is the brand of headset that you're wearing? Brand of headset that I'm wearing right now is Audio Technica uh, Broadcast. I forget the exact name. It's a bunch of letters and numbers. It is an Audio Technica. I have the box back there, actually. Yeah. I don't know if I can reach it from here without disconnecting oh, everything. Dude, we got the same chair. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll. Oh, we do. Secret Lab. Hell yes. Yeah. Represent. Um, <laughs> yeah, these are real companies. This one's kind of old. It's like the, the, where my, seat is it's getting a little it's scraping off some stuff here and there so i gotta, yeah. I gotta get a new one soon but no these are i love this, this is, it's reliable comfortable yeah, yeah you can like lean it all the way back and you just like take a nap oh dude right. I, I call it the blast off function when you just <laughs> you rip that thing back and you just yeah. blast off into <laughs> it's so yeah, great yeah. but i, I was asking pillow. you mm-hmm. i was asking you about the the headset because you you record all your your videos with that microphone on the headset right yeah, yeah, I do, um, and that's because I currently have an apartment set up, um, and yeah. I can't really mess around too much with this environment without messing stuff up, yeah. so I try to keep things you know, <laughs> clean and make sure I can move out without them getting mad at me, yeah. and so my, this room is not super sound-treated as much as I'd like, um, and so this just really cancels out a lot of the background noise and echo and stuff like that, and I can keep the mic real close, and I can also move my head around without having to worry about whether the audio you know, uh, cuts in and out and stuff like that. So oh, it's, it's kind of worked out for me. Yeah. But it once sounds I, great. Like, oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Once I like get into a proper house, I'll do like the whole setup, sound treat everything and have, yeah. like, you know, shotgun mics maybe. And just to give me a little more freedom. Yeah. But yeah, this has worked out so far. So I mean, don't out. tell my landlord, but I'm renting this place. And I just, I was like, I'm, I have to do it. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, <laughs> there are ways to do it where you, you know, uh, it's just, I, I'm, I, I live uh, in LA, you know, by myself. My family's all, you know, they're all back in Delaware. And so, mm. like, if one day when I do move out, I don't want to, like, have to go through too much trouble of, you know, having to tear everything down and everything. I figured out, I'll get myself really set up when I, move into a proper house it's very smart when i when i left new york it was uh and it was a nightmare because i had treated my closet i like con- yeah. I, there was like a, a closet i did and i put up uh like these foam like the foam things you yeah know? yeah yeah and no one someone's like yeah use this like adhesive spray it'll be perfect you can just peel them off and then it yeah. like it like destroyed everything so i spent a good uh you know couple days trying to fix what i destroyed and i got my security deposit back so i won i won the game (laughs) (laughs) awesome um i do have a closet right next to me uh, that's pretty big and that's where i do record from home and there i do have some like acoustic panels but like i use those i forget what they're called 
Um, use them for posters. They're like you like they're two sides, so you rip off the little thing, so both sides have a little sticker on them. And I, I use super glue to attach one side to the panels, and I use four of them, and then I just like really press it on there. Some of them have like fallen because of, like you know like minor earthquakes here and there. They just yeah. kind of fall off a little bit. But overall. <laughs> Overall, it's actually held up pretty well. Dude, whatever um, works. And I think that's yeah. a, a, another thing people don't realize is that whatever works is truly for voiceover. Like, whatever works. Some people that's have blankets and PVC, like, skeletons. And some yep. people use their closets. Some people use a whole room. Some people use the studio bri- bricks. And we're yep. all working on the same stuff, you know? You really don't have to break the bank. Um, yeah, I, I also have blankets in there as well alongside yeah. the acoustic panels. It looks pretty rough. It, you know, it's not what you think in terms of a professional studio, but it's, it's you, you have to sound professional. It doesn't have to look professional. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, you know, you can get a thousand dollar mic, but if, if it's not sound treated properly, it's still going to sound like crap. And so finding creative solutions to do that in a cheap way is, uh, you know, it's a fun challenge in its own way. I don't know. Yeah, and you get to find your own kind of, like, uh, identity or uh, right. <laughs> your, your way of navigating the whole, like, hack setup stuff. Because everybody's is yes. different. There's no, like, unless you have a studio bricks, which a lot of people do, there's no, right. like, identical setups. Everybody has their own um, yeah. take on it, which is which I mean, is fun, you know? Yeah, like some this- people, like, they, they go on vacation, they, they just, like, to, uh, take a blank over them and record that way and you know it works it's a little uh you know rudimentary if you will but hey gets the job done and people have recorded that way auditions and and productions and stuff so you know get creative whatever works yeah that's gonna be me all next week when i'm when i'm traveling it's gonna be me <laughs> right 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i think you showed me like a well, you showed me like a photo i think of a setup when you were vacation yes 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I was... that was on twitter i think i saw it maybe yeah but the same That's the same thing at this point. We you know with social media, we are all basically just hanging out every single day. We feel like yeah. we're a part of everybody's daily life, which is for sure. Uh, which is great, great segue here. I mean, uh, thanks to a wonderful mutual friend of ours, but uh, you knew him before I did, uh, Ryan Colt Levy, who we had on yes, last episode. Friend. He, uh, yes. yes, yeah, introduced me uh, to you very graciously, and I thought we got uh, got along pretty well. And you are yeah. such a great human and uh, extremely talented actor, as uh, I've gotten likewise, to man. like know your work. And congratulations to you on like for those anyone who doesn't know right now i mean we're going to get into it in a, in a couple of minutes here you know you had a career on youtube which is i guess at this point from my research if it serves me correct you've broken the 10 year anniversary you've you've done youtube for a decade yeah yeah oh my god i didn't even i wasn't i never even thought about it but yeah you're right now that you say it out loud it sounds ah, mortality a uh, uh, stark reminder but that's a huge you know i i it's a great lesson here and that's something we love to talk about on the podcast is is the amount of, you know, they say, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, you've been doing YouTube for however long and you've been immersed in the gaming industry and, and understanding yeah. video games for, you know, what I imagine is your your whole life. And now that you've gotten to venture into this different part of the industry, mm-hmm. it's got to feel like uh, almost like you're you, you've you've branched off the road in a way and, and you get to explore something really new and fun that's still, you know, on that same path that you you were on. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating to be both a voice actor and someone who covers video games because, like, I know about projects that I can't say anything about. But, yeah. you know, I'm so excited for them. Um, and so it, it's I have to, like, play it off a little bit, you know, in, in some of my news. Um, you know, for example, <laughs> like, uh, that, uh, so recently Norman Reedus, uh, like, 
basically blurted out Death Stranding 2 is in the works and like I had heard rumblings about that before that you know so there's like the little things like that that uh, um, I know about but obviously I can't say much more yeah um, so it's interesting to navigate that but also yeah I've, I've loved gaming I mean gaming has been a part of my life since as far as I can remember and uh, I've always been that guy my friends would come to be like hey what's the latest in terms of gaming news and because I'd be the guy who like would come home from school and the first thing I'd do is boot up the you know the web browser go to IGN and all, you know all these different outlets and look up all the news and like really stay up to date on everything um, and now to be like sort of on this other side of that fence where I'm like being a part of some of these projects and seeing how it all works behind the scenes and um, I, I was part of this like performance capture thing uh, a, f- a few months ago and seeing how all that works and I've seen mm. it in like behind the scenes videos and everything but not, but to be a part of that and seeing the whole process happen it's it's been a fascinating and educational and really fulfilling thing for me. Gosh, I mean, the next thing you're going to be doing is you're going to be making them. Is that the next step on this journey? You're, you're designing the games? <laughs> Man, you know, who knows? Maybe down the line one of these days, uh, I'd love to give it a go, maybe. Uh, it's <laughs> tough, though. I, you know, it, it's it's um, not a forgiving uh, career path being a game developer. Um, you hear all these stories, but, you know, if I can somehow run something there and kind of direct something, I, I hope I can... Uh, make sure everyone's treated properly and that <laughs> there is a good creative vision that everyone's behind. But that, that'd be ways down the line. I, there's so much going on in my life right now. That's like, I can't think about that right now, but yeah. maybe one day. Yeah. Well, I think you'd be fantastic at directing. I mean, you have such an understanding of this industry and what people like and what they, what, what the, the problems that arise for, for certain things that's, you know, don't count it out. If the opportunity comes a knock and I think you, I think you say yes yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely keep that in mind. And, you know, I'll definitely keep you in mind for, for something. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I want to get I want to know and we'll get I, I would love to build um, up to how the YouTube to voice acting happened. But I would love for yeah. people to get to know you uh, if they don't know you already and uh, kind of how your whole story came about, especially how you kind of started falling in love with video games and then uh, starting yeah. a YouTube channel. And um you grew up in Venezuela, correct? And then at yeah. some point your family moved to Delaware. Can you talk me through kind correct. of the childhood to where that all happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, one of the first memories I have is playing Mega Man 3 on the NES and uh, just all of us trying to beat this very, very difficult game. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Venezuela and they had enough gaming stuff there and <laughs> uh, piracy was big uh, in Venezuela because they just didn't get <laughs> The products officially on on the capacity that America does, and so um, you know you could literally buy consoles that had all the you know ROMs installed in them and stuff. So you know, uh, wow, yeah, back we, then, we, wow, that's yeah, crazy. Even back then, there's there, yeah, some modders pulled some stuff. Um, but yeah, um, mom and dad weren't super into me playing games, especially in my later years as uh, I grew out of my childhood, and they're like, all right, now you got to study, study, study. But I can never fall out of love with them, and so I'd always just keep playing video games and um yeah my first language i learned was spanish technically the one that i mastered and then korean came along because my parents would speak to us in korean and then english i learned um from first grade to second grade i was tutored and then from third to eighth they threw me in this american school in venezuela so i was surrounded by americans who had migrated to venezuela and at that point it was like sink or swim i learned english or i my education would go down the drain and being surrounded by people who speak that language i you know picked it up eventually 5 years later yeah um, and then um yeah and throughout all that playing games and uh weirdly back then i i didn't like acting um uh <laughs> 
which is interesting. I like I I, I, w- I was in a few productions and stuff, and I'm like, God, I hate it. It's it sucks. And I think maybe it was more to do with the production or the people I was surrounded by, or I don't know something. Uh, but uh, would you yeah, have that inclination I, I, to to gravitate towards the theater? Right. Yeah, that that I guess was something so. was in there to, to like you're like I want to try this or I want to see what it's about. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, but I, I don't know what what it was about those experiences that left me like, oh, this isn't for me. Mm. And then it was more when I got to high school and I did my first like musical in, uh, in the form of Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> and I, I, I played like an ensemble member, but that was a great experience. Very collaborative. The people were great. And that's when I really fell in love with acting. But um, yeah, by, by the time I got to the U.S., I was 14. Um, and at that point, I knew English well enough where I could get by, but leaving friends and family, uh, well, no, family came with me, friends mostly behind, and some like close uh, Korean friends who we considered family, leaving them behind, you know, that was tough. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, eventually, you know, I settled into the United States, and I, in junior year of high school, I did Bye Bye Birdie, and that's when I, for the first time, I considered how much I love this thing, and I kept auditioning and doing musicals and then when, when I got to college um my, my I went to this community college because immigration stuff didn't allow me to get the f- reduced tuition fee of the University of Delaware which is you know where I grew up and that's where I was originally set to go but um bogus yeah I, I, yeah yeah uh, that that whole that was a whole mess that basically uh, forced me to go to a community college that was cheaper and still great teachers great everything yeah but I wanted that full college experience. But UD, uh, as it's known, did have a, a theater, various theater clubs. And so I would sneak in there and pretend like I'm one of the UD students and, uh, you know, actually audition for their stuff. And eventually they found out I'm not actually a student, but they didn't care. They just were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> just come on, whatever, audition for stuff. And I did a bunch of musicals and plays there. And that really was where I got a lot of my experience, just like doing it, doing the acting and getting better and, and uh, seeing other people's work and can, sort of taking in what they were doing, the choices they were making on stage. Um, that was tremendously helpful in um, being able to get my acting chops, if you will. I never really took a formal class or anything like that. Mm. I just sort of learned um, by doing it. And this ties into YouTube because the way I got into it, the, the, the first video that I uploaded, the reason I uploaded it was because I wanted to see how good my British accent was because I was auditioning for this musical that involved, and one of the roles involved me doing a British accent. And so I'm like, who's actually going to be honest with me about, oh, the internet, of course. They, 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 uh, they don't mince words. So I decided, all right, I'll talk about games or something. You know, I like talking about games. And, and there's, man, there's this uh, channel called Project Cheerio um, that is up there still probably. Uh, it's like a decade, over a decade old at this point. And there's a guy there with a really, really awful British accent um, talking about games and um, I did that for a bit, and and the British people didn't buy it. It was awful. Uh, they were like, "What? What is this thing you're doing? What? What's up with the accent? Where are you from?" I'm like, "Oh crap. Okay, so I shouldn't audition for this role. My British accent's clearly not good enough at this stage." Joe, let's find um, this but, right now. Right. <laughs> I'm on it. No, stop. <laughs> um, eventually, though, yeah, I, I realized I was I was really enjoying this YouTube thing, talking about games and. You know, British accent aside, people were receptive to the content that I was making mm. um, and the news that I was covering and stuff like that. And so eventually I was like, all right, let's move away from this Project Cheerio nonsense. Let's start a proper channel and do this thing for real. And then I eventually began to realize I stopped caring about my studies, which is what I was always kind of 
dictated to like this is this is your future study 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 um i sort of started like not caring about like my i went from an a student to a b student in college you know but i i once upon a time that would have like torn me apart Mm -hmm. at this point i was like "I, i don't care i like this thing that i'm doing um and uh at that point, my brother was going to college. Uh, he was at UD, but at the higher you know, tuition fee. We, they, my parents can afford sending both of us to college. So I figured this would be a good opportunity to present the proposal of I'll take a break from college while my brother is doing his thing. I'll do this YouTube thing, see how it goes. If it doesn't work out, I'll go back to college at some point. And, you know, hesitantly, my parents are like, all right, fair enough. You know, th- that would help financially. And, and, you know, you can do your, your thing. And, you know, they, they were very... Uh, apprehensive about mm. it because there were so much about me becoming a doctor or a lawyer typical story <sighs> but yeah eventually the youtube stuff uh, I, I covered skyrim and that's when i first kind of began to get known and then metal gear came along and um nobody was filling that space mm. i was like why is nobody covering metal gear like one of my favorite franchises of all time so i'm like screw it i'll, I'll take on that mantle i love talking about this series started doing Metal Gear Solid 5 coverage, and, and that's when I became known as, like, the, the Metal Gear guy, essentially. And that that's where I kind of started to gain traction as a, as a YouTuber. And that's one of the things I'd recommend if you want to do content creation is, like, try to fill spaces that other people aren't doing. Um, because, you know, if you just become another Let's Play channel, it's like everyone's doing Let's Plays. So you, yeah. you have to really stand out as a Let's Player to, you know, have people watch you instead of all these other already established Let's Players. So... I, I wanted to cover something that nobody else seemingly was covering to a high degree, and that was Metal Gear. And then from there, uh, the Kojima Konami stuff happened, and what, what what I thought would be a Metal Gear channel suddenly had to evolve. And uh, fortunately, I'd covered other games here and there, Final Fantasy XV, Fallout 4. And eventually, I figured, let's just expand and like cover everything. Games industry stuff, you know, I, have, I had enough of a following where generally viewership was all right. And fortunately, that expansion to just general games industry stuff worked. And that's when I really grew as, as, as a YouTuber. My channel really got big sort of around 2017. Um, and people were especially receptive to just my frustrations with aspects of the games industry, the monetization stuff, Battlefront 2 and that stuff. That, that happened in 2017 and my coverage of that. Uh, a lot of people, like, it resonated with them because... A lot of people were frustrated that yeah. the potential of this game got marred by just business BS, uh, corporate BS. Mm. And so I began leaning more towards that as well, but still reviewing games and covering games uh, along the way. Um, Do you mind if I and, take a step back for a second and yeah. just say what? So, like, you did the British accent video, which was for your your play or whatever yeah, 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 musical, <laughs> kind of yeah. shenanigans you were getting yourself into right what was the then what wh- where did you have that light bulb moment of saying okay i i uploaded a video on youtube it was for this but now i want to upload a video that's about gaming when when mm. what was the inception for that uh well the, the the british channel thing it was gaming news just in a british accent uh so like from the outset i was already doing gaming news but it's just like as i kept uploading I began to realize how much I was enjoying doing it. Ah, And that okay. I wanted to do it properly without the freaking dumb British accent. Yeah, the fake okay. British accent or whatever. And then, yeah, as I kept doing it more and as people began to receive it uh, well, I, I was like, oh, man, I could, I could actually do this thing. And then a network, as it was known back then, you know, MCN or whatever, approached me and said, you can make money off of this. You know that? I'm like, no, you can, you can make money off of YouTube videos. And that's when I 
considered it as a potential career path if it takes off. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was just doing it as a hobby, as a thing that I'm like, I enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. And Which I think that's what's that, most I, important for people to yes. understand is because a lot of people think I'm going to, I'm going to, I always uh, have a hard problem swallowing the idea of like, I'm going to do this to become rich and famous because famous, it's, yeah. and I, it's like, I feel like they're, they're skipping a whole bunch of steps where it's like, you got to fall in love with something first. And then that needs to lead you to like falling in love with you. Uh, especially for YouTube, yeah. I'm imagining you got to fall in love with the the subject matter first. Then you got to fall yes. in love with making content around that sub subject matter. Yep. And you have to stick it out until you know people find yeah. it and respond to it. And then it's like, okay, great. Now I can consider making a, a career out of this. There's like a correct, correct. Yeah. That is 100 percent how how it should be approached because people will sense when you love when you're passionate about the subject or you know whatever type of content you're making. If you really love doing it, it'll just come through. And it'll yeah. feel genuine. And, uh, you know, people come to your content because of the thumbnail and the headline or whatever, but they stay for you. Mm. you know, they stay for, for th- that loyalty comes from like, I want to like stay with this person, not this one video is cool. I'm sure all of them will be awesome as well. You know, maybe you'll form that impression, but it's like they want to feel like they're hanging out with you. I think that's what's special about the YouTube landscape is it feels less separated compared to like a you know like a late night show type of thing where it's all very glamorous and whatever this is just like this is just me sitting down with a bunch of freaking collectibles behind me with a camera it's very like you know it's very makeshift yeah i'm not doing anything crazy here but there's this connection that forms because it just feels like i'm hanging out with my audience and i'm just talking about things that we have common interests in and that creates that loyalty that creates that I want to hang around with this guy for the long term. And and the passion behind the subject is a big aspect of why people, you know, stick with you. Have you they, felt they that the, mm-hmm. have you felt your relationship change with the audience since you started doing voice acting whether that be through people who are fans of yours from the channel of the YouTube channel or fans of you as voice actors? Have you felt a shift in some capacity from like okay, mm-hmm. now I'm not that just the guy saying like this is what I think about this game and stuff. Now yeah. you're kind of a public figure who now yeah. is commenting on certain things. Do yeah. You, have you felt that kind of happen with you as you started doing more? Not really. Uh, honestly, people have been really supportive, honestly, the, the folks on my channel. Um, initially, when I first announced, okay, guys, I'm, I'm making this move to L.A. and I'm going to pursue voice acting, there was some trepidation initially because in my videos, I speak very kind of flat. Yeah. I don't emote too much. Occasionally, I'll express frustration or joy. <laughs> you don't go, ah! Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like during live streams, especially during these crazy announcements that I never expected. Yeah, I'll definitely have moments like that. But generally, I try to report the news sort of in, in as uh, kind of an even keeled way as possible. Yeah. And so people are like, "Can you really like emote and pull off all these characters and emotions?" And then um, as I started doing it, and I people are like, "Wait, you're Poochie and JoJo," um, you know. And suddenly people are like, "Wait, maybe there's something there." And then I, I put out my visual reel, be like, "I don't know, what do you guys think? Uh, am I doing it?" And people are like, "Holy shit! Like I never expected these characters could come from you," and we are like fully backing you. And and now people are very like just excited that yeah. both. They get to see the guy who gives them the gaming news, and also that guy gets to be some of the characters and games that they love. And so, it's just been really, really supportive, honestly, from my community. Um, so that's I, I'm, amazing. I'm, yeah, that's, I, 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 I didn't know what to expect on that front, but I'm, you know, for those in the Yongya community watching this right now, honestly, like I'm, I'm, it's, it means more than you know to have that, that backing, that, that 
you know, imposter syndrome is a big part of, you know, being a voice actor sometimes, you know, Um, but to to have people be like, you know what, you're doing it, man. Like I, I, I'm digging what you're doing here. I love your work to have that sort of feedback. It it means, it means a lot, you know, so I'm grateful. So much, and that's fantastic that you've. Well, it goes back to to you being the type of person you are in creating that environment. So you're attracting certain people who are responding to the type of platform that you've created. So it's not like you're. While you are critical of certain things and certain people and aspects of the industry, you're not. It's not like you're a sandbag uh, um, a channel where you're just beating up people and and poking yeah, yeah. fun at other people. And it's not like the. The, no the offense. Drama, I mean, I don't know the drama. Stuff. Yeah, drama yeah. alert. It's not like you're, you know, that's your kind of uh, your ploy or just saying why these games suck. It's it's yeah, a lot. Yeah. Of, it's My- very critical. You're very critical from a. Um, and I, I will we'll jump to this in a second, but I don't want to sure. get too far. But I, I watched a lot of your videos covering the Sonic stuff, and I felt that it was mm. very. You were very fair in your assessment tonight, and actually, let's just jump into this question right now because it's sure. so tangible to it. It's like. You truly covered and and commented on like a lot of aspects of the way that was happening with like the Sonic movie, and I and I yeah. was like I was I was like really curious. I'm like, do you feel specifically with that the way that that played out? Is that the way studios and these type of properties need to have interaction with the fans and the audience, where it's like you have people on mm. YouTube like yourself saying, "Listen, I'm this is my voice, but I also speak." not directly for a lot of people but a lot of people who are coming here are hitting like yeah. on my video and agreeing with what I'm saying. Yeah. Look at what I'm saying here like mm-hmm. th- th- we don't respond to this um maybe it can be done I guess in from other channels uh not so yeah. uh mean maybe they could be a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. more uh, constructive in the criticism but sure. do you think that that's the way like the golden way of which things should have happened did you respect the way that they took care of the sonic thing I mean obviously people were really like outraged and like yeah. laughing hysterically at it at first but to see it come to yeah. the full circle what did you think about that whole process so on one hand I'm in full support of creatives trying something new and something different Mm -hmm. you know it's um like i remember when god of war the 2018 god of war was first announced and it was was very different vibe from the original and some people kind of took that wrong but i felt okay it's different but there are it still looks good you know what i mean it it just isn't what 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 many of us expected there's still a lot of craftsmanship that was being put on there that looked like it could turn out to be something really incredible the sonic situation was unique in that I genuinely really felt like what they showed was just like, I almost want to say objectively awful. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though it's subjective ultimately. Maybe some people liked it. It's still subjective. I was I thinking about that. Like, you think anybody did actually like, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that that's the thing. I, I don't I don't know anyone who I don't actually either. went and said, it, it looks all right. I, everyone was like, this is terrifying. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a, a unique situation where I felt they were going in such a wrong direction that in this situation, I was like, please listen to what people are saying. Usually, I'm open for you trying something new. But this new thing you're trying is just bad. Like, mm. it's awful. Um, and so, uh, there is some semblance of that that I think is good to have. Uh, some semblance of back and forth. I also do think audiences need to kind of let artists try different things. Sometimes people are a bit too inflexible on that front. You know what I mean? So there's like both sides, I think. They need to be considerate of the other. Uh, but in the case of something like Sonic, it's such a beloved IP. A lot of people grew up with this thing. And to, I mean, I, for lack of better words, butcher the design to that degree 
uh, I, I felt like that in that situation, they really, really didn't need to listen to what people were saying, especially because they were appealing to gamers. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a gaming property. And if everyone was basically near universally saying this looks freaking awful, it's like there's clearly something there you have to take and like do something seriously with. Yeah. And I'm glad that they did because I, I genuinely believe it saved the movie that they redesigned Sonic to like it, it's it almost ended up working in favor of them because suddenly the Sonic movie blew up because of this whole sort of controversy, if you will. But the fact that they rectified it and they did right by by the design, you know, and still did enough different with it. It's not exactly a copy and paste of, you know, the, the original yeah. uh, design, but. Uh, it, it it was familiar enough and like endearing looking enough instead of terrifying with the final design that people are like, all right, this I'm behind. And the fact that there was um, a, a respect of like, th- th- these are Sonic fans and th- there are certain check marks you have to check off with the design that they're like, all right, we need to go back to the drawing board. That sort of turned the bad will around to goodwill and I think paved the road to some great success. Um, I did hear about... Uh, the the uh, 3D modelers and stuff like there's there's been some layoffs and I don't know if you heard about this uh, yeah uh, it, I think it was in, in Canada or something a lot of folks were working on on the redesign aspect and then a bunch of layoffs happened there before the movie came out even though they worked mm. so hard on this thing um, I forget the exact reason but that that whole situation was really scummy and uh, a lot of like visual effects artists are treated like crap I even just saw that whole article about the conditions that Marvel um, the, yeah, the, the yeah, they're yeah. experiencing with that and that's a whole other it's like we see you know the flashy lights at the end of the day but we don't really understand that there's a lot of exploitation that happens to particularly the the, the, yeah. the faces you don't see like it's not you know it's not you know Ben Schwartz and everybody else who yeah. are the stars of these movies and the directors and the, the producers that go and shake the hands on the red carpet it's the people that are actually like you know hammer and nail making these things that aren't often yep. looked after because it's such a demanding industry and the, the part about the the marvel thing that really struck a chord with me was like you know how many things are just coming out right now that they're just like i feel like especially in the movie situation there's mm-hmm. such a like th- these comic book properties are stampeding the industry in the uh in the movie theaters where they're just like let's just keep it going just mm-hmm. put the mm-hmm. the gas the, the, the you know the your foot to the the, 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 the gas, gas pedal, yeah. you know and uh there's so much i think um there's a lot of compromise that happens with things like that. Um, yeah. And that's really uh, unfortunate. Yeah, visual effects artists are highly underrated because when visual effects are good, it's like we don't even like notice them because it's so well integrated mm. that it becomes a subconscious thing of like this just looks good, but we don't really give it the credit it deserves. It, but if it looks wrong, then, oh my God, these visual effects artists, what are they doing? <laughs> Right, it's only when things look wrong or sound wrong suddenly we start paying attention or start giving the discredit. But if everything's working just right, it's like you don't call customer service. Be like, by the way, I just want to let you know, you guys are awesome. Okay, that's it. That's the call I made. Okay, bye. Yeah. You call customer service because you know usually have a gripe about something, right? It's like that kind of thing where visual effects artists often get the get the boot from people when things look bad, but don't get the credit when things look good. Yeah. And then the way companies mistreat them and overwork them. Um, it's, it's, it's a shame, uh, really. Happens a lot in the anime community, which also, uh, now yeah. maybe this is a nice segue oh, back man. into our, our conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the anime, those, that's a whole other 
culture and, and work experience that they're dealing with and particularly yeah. in Japan. But, uh, by gosh, if you, when you oh, were, yeah. when you were questioning if, uh, can I do this? Like when I heard you as Poochie, I was like, I can't believe that you haven't been doing this for, you know, a, a, 10 wow. years. Wow. It's like, and w- when I watched your, your, uh, real, cause it's, it's, it, or it's not even really a real, it's like, this is like, you're like, this is what I've done. Like, here's like yeah. what I've done. <laughs> um, yeah. and I was just so impressed by how much, um, your, your capacity for just creating characters, there's so much variation oh, yeah. in what you've had to do, and I, and it's it's more impressive. And this is not going to sound as in, as impressive, um, but because of the time, like just uh, face face value, you've only been doing this for as long as I have. I mean, you moved out here. Actually, that's not true. I've been doing this, and you've already surpassed me in terms of what you've been able to achieve in uh for, for, in the voice acting world. I mean, you you started voice acting in what 2019, right? It's 2022. Yeah, I moved to LA in, in May of 2019. 2020, like January is when I like started to send out my reels, and that's when I got my first, you know, VO gig in LA, if you will. Um, so I've been doing this for two and a half years now. Yeah, that is it's absolutely insane, and the fact that you've like so here here's the point I was trying to make. Typically, at the start of somebody's career. It's a very uh, you can see like okay that person is this voice or they they play these type of characters it's pretty much with me you know it's the way that I've in these past few years it's like yeah this guy's gonna play some young spunky bombastic whatever characters right we're gonna he's gonna he's gonna ride that and then occasionally I'll get the opportunity to take a foot out of that box and you know play in this sandbox for a little bit you yeah, I feel uh, like yeah. I was I was like I'm like what is this guy what it like what what it, what are you you know like what is your type because you're just doing Oh, you can man. do everything, and it was just so impressive for me to to see that in such a small amount of time. Uh, I, I hope you understand that that's extremely remarkable, and for anybody who's an aspiring voice actor, like that is an insanely hard feat to to accomplish, especially being a, a new person in a, in a brand new market that isn't as competitive as voice acting is. Oh man, I I I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, that that means a lot coming from you because I mean, I, I love the work that you've done um, <laughs> from Bell to Neo. I mean, I, for, you were in a, a Lost Judgment yes. kind of files together. I, I love your work there. So, man, to have that kind of endorsement from you, like it it it, it takes me aback, and it, it means it means a lot. <laughs> um, I I yeah, I, I don't know. I just I, I've always loved to just play around with uh, like man, I, I'll 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 like. Um, watch a movie and then like if a certain line is interesting i'll like just start like doing that line to myself and like trying different i don't know like i i sound like a nut like i should be in a nut house if you watch me by myself in my house i'm always like playing scenes in my head it's weird <laughs> um and but but yeah i don't know I've, I've always had this playful side of like doing weird voices in front of my little sister when she was growing up and stuff like that i've I, i've just um always gravitated towards uh just coming up with characters and and I'm, I'm glad it comes across in a way where it, it feels like uh you know I'm, I'm putting distinct and uh interesting characters out there um yeah and just I, I it's so hard as an actor for me to sometimes know if I'm good you know I feel like all actors kind of have that element of like am I am I good um after every first session I'm expecting to get the call from my agent saying hey Paul you know it was great what you did, but we're going to go in another direction. Nah. And I'm, I'm like expecting that every time. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. No, uh, no, you, I, I've, I've loved the work that you've done. Oh. Um, and, and yeah, the, this coming from you really, it, it means more than, you know, and 
I, I hope to just, yeah, keep on going, keep on, you know, making folks uh, happy or sad or emotional or whatever it is that my character uh, can bring out of um, out of people. And really, to me, that's the joy of it, it, it is what people get out of these characters. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, the fact that I can, for a moment, have them forget about everything else and just, like, focus on who this character is and how that affects their outlook on aspects of life. You know, like, that to me is the reward mm. of this. Well, I, I would say that you, I, 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 I can tell, and I'm, I'm making an assumption here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you care so much about the, the final products of these things. Like, as a gamer, yes. as somebody who has enjoyed this medium and has shaped their entire life, it's, and that's the way I feel to a degree, but I'm assuming it's similar for you. Like, it, there is no compromise in terms of the amount of hard work you have to put into whatever you're doing. It's all or nothing. It's, you know. 100%. And that com- and I believe that comes across in the things that you're doing. And there's I, there is this sense of um, like it, even just when I just met you, I'm like oh, young, super chill, you know, you know, like super relaxed guy. And then I see these performances, and it's like you you turn it on. Like me, I'm I'm a little bit of a bouncing jelly bean when when people meet me, and it like makes sense when I'm doing that. But to see you be able to just tap into that and activate that, that's it says to me a lot about the type of performer you are. Um, and also, it, it, it makes me curious, like, you did theater and all these things in high yeah. school. At what point, you're doing YouTube, it's it's pretty successful, you know, you're having fun, yeah. you've, you've, you've grown this channel. At what point did you say, I, this is great, this is fun, but I want to start taking a stab at performing? When did that change happen? Yeah, so there came a point in my, like, theater, community theater career where I just had to stop because the YouTube stuff just started to get you know, a lot, and I just wouldn't have time to do, to balance both. Mm. I mean, theater is, time-wise, very demanding. Um, you just have to be there every day. I mean, tech week is freaking insane. Um, and I just couldn't do that anymore if I wanted to just, like, really fully go full-time with YouTube. And so I did that for a couple years, and then there came that point where I'm like, man, I miss acting. I miss it so much. Uh, and then, you know, I got this thought of, like, I, I've done all this theater, but I love gaming, and, you know, there's other forms of acting beyond theater, why don't I take a stab at voice acting? And for a bit, I did it sort of as a hobby. I, I voiced some mods. And I did a lot of free projects before I considered sort of moving to LA just to see, like, do I like the voice acting thing? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, for a while, I, I did a couple mods and a couple, like, indie projects here and there, a couple, like, uh, fan audio uh, uh, dramas and stuff like that. And you were auditioning um, for these, though, even on these yeah. forms, right? And you were booking. Correct, So that correct. must have said something to you, like, okay, at least I'm good enough to, to book these. Yeah, yeah. People's, yeah, like, the fact that uh, auditions were, like, getting impressions from people told me, okay, maybe there's something here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to, I, I didn't want to just, like, do the, oh, just go for it without any plan because I want to chase after my dreams. I feel like you, you should have that passion of like chase your dreams, but you need to have a plan. Yeah. Um, and and I, I once I got to a point where I was like, okay, I love this thing. I love doing this. I want to do more of this. I want to be in all these different projects. I decided, okay, I want to move, but it, I was supposed to move two years before I actually moved. Hmm. So 2017 instead of 2019. But at that point, my channel was just starting to like really take off, and I was like, "I wanted to ask you this too, real quick. Was it a slow, yes. gradual grind, or was there like a, a video where it was like that was the lightning bolt that like sparked your channel?" Mm-hmm. I'd say, uh, for the most part, it was a, a slow, kind of steady buildup. But 2017, when the, the Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront Two, and I think the Mass Effect Andromeda stuff, when I started covering sort of 
what happened there that's when like the channel kind of really spiked mm. um but it was it was still like a five-year journey to get to even that yeah. point um or six years yeah and then from there you know it was a uh, still it wasn't like a from a hundred thousand to a million subscribers in a month or anything it was still like a relatively steady climb but i'd say 2017 was a year when my channel finally officially became big. yeah uh, when I was like, okay, I can see the million subscribers now. Mm. I can, I can actually do this. Um, so yeah, it, but overall, I'd say gradual. Some people just achieve su- like a successful YouTube channel like two years already at a million. Yeah. You know, everyone has their own different pace, and that's something that I think a lot of people need to like consider. It's like you don't have to be the guy who knocks it out of the park in, in year one or year two. Mm. For some people, it just it just takes longer. It, it a combination of circumstance and luck certainly plays a factor into it being in the right place at the right time and all these things um but yeah uh, what was i talking about uh before so the when you were like i have to get into acting and sorry I, yeah I, but you were right 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 you were you were making yeah, the choice to to get into voice acting try it yeah 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 um i i was like okay i want to do this thing this voice acting thing for real as a career that was 2017 but i was like the youtube channel is just starting to like really take off and i feel like i should just focus on youtube for like two more mm. years and then I'll make the move. And that's exactly what I did. And I, I'm so glad I did that because that that plan put me in a financially stable enough position where I could live in L.A. Um, whereas I think if I had moved in 2017, I'd be kind of struggling a little more financially. Um, but uh, two years later, I was uh, my YouTube channel was over a million subs in a good place where I was like, all right, I can afford the rent, uh, be in a location where the studios are. I can like make my reels and afford my reels. And I can just like kick off sprinting. That was my plan. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, it, it, it ended up working out. Um, in 2019, I made the move. Um, and also, that was around the time E3 happened. So I first had to do like get E3 out of the way and move in and do all that at the same mm-hmm. time. And then I got my reels done with uh, Funhouse uh, with uh, Brock Powell and Bill Farmer. Um, goofy for those who don't know Bill yep. Farmer. Um, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we, uh, yeah, around October, November, I got my reels done. And then also took some classes with Bang Zoom uh, and sort of started to get my toes wet with anime voiceover, which was very different from Prelay, you know, with the beeps and the timing with the... So I really wanted to practice that because I knew anime. I wanted to I wanted to be an anime because I love anime. Um, and eventually, you know, I, I um, Dora Fine, uh, I owe her so much. Um, she... Uh, she sort of referred me to to mommy okada and and she said you just tell her send her your reels and and tell her that i refer to you and that's when i fir- finally started getting my first set of auditions and she just saw something in me and i dora if you're watching this i freaking love you <laughs> you uh and mommy man you, you've, you've made so many of my dreams come true um and come january that's when i started to receive auditions from bang zoom got my first like small part in welcome to demon school iruma kun and then from there you know slowly i started getting more and more gigs and that that snowball just starts to roll you know and you get to know other fellow actors and you know uh you start getting referred to all these things and then um uh, last year i i i became part of the sbv agency was it last year or this year man time uh I, I we're in 2022 so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, no, I think it was last year i think it was last okay. year um i signed with sbv um tommy earl jenkins uh he uh he was in death stranding and uh we i did a lot of death stranding coverage being a huge kojima fan 
And uh, yeah, I, I kind of put out this tweet out there. Okay, I'm finally gonna like start looking for an agent. Wish me luck. And Tommy apparently just like saw that and and, and just went, hey, I, I feel like you're doing really great work, and I, I feel like you're really passionate about this. So here, talk to my contact my agent. I won't guarantee anything. Just like send her your stuff and see what what she says. And fortunately, they liked me enough where, um, yeah, they, they signed me on. And now, I've, and that's when I started getting to like the AAA game auditions. And it's, it's, it's been a wild ride. But like now that I think about it, when I stop to think about it, man, how, how crazy is it that I get to do this for a living? Um, I pinch myself all the time. And, and I, yeah. I truly love your story because it is a story of you moving into this industry and taking all these steps that require you to not only put yourself out there, but to uh, make a move to a city that's completely brand new to you, take these classes, meet these people, because a lot of people, I get a lot of messages all the time, and they people just say, like, I want to voice in anime, where do I do that? And it's like, well, there's a lot of things you have to kind of... Do I mean, granted, like you said, people get lucky, but it's such a small percentage of people. And we yeah. it's so because of things like TikTok, we see all those 0.1% things. And, you know, yeah. because there's so many people on this earth and who have mm-hmm. social media, when you see like a thousand 0.1% things constantly filling your feeds, it just seems so yeah. easy for these things to happen. But for most of us, it is a journeyman's approach to hard work creating yes. the demos taking the classes meeting the people moving to a yeah. city networking like it takes and, and your story is is so much of that and and even putting yourself out there to say hey look i'm looking to take the next step i've already done all this stuff look at what's behind mm-hmm. me and somebody saying yep that person is taking this seriously i want i feel comfortable vouching for this person i've seen them in the class mm-hmm. so it's not just like some yeah. random person referred you it's it, you you've proved 100%. yourself to a degree and i love that about your your story yeah, yeah, I think that's that that's a hundred percent a great point to keep in mind. It's it, it's um it didn't just drop on my lap, and and I know you said, man, you got here in two point five years, you managed to, be, but it's like I, my journey really began when I, I made that jump to audition for that first musical. Mm-hmm. I've been in this journey for a decade, really. Yeah, honestly, that's how I feel because all of that experience has been building up to me making that move to LA. But my journey didn't start there really. It, it that that was like just me making a bigger leap. Yeah. But so much built up to where I am today and it wasn't just a boom thing. It was a slow, you know, steady, uh, lots of hard work, but lots of fun mm. grind, you know? And and yeah, you you got to put in the work is the main thing. You don't just become a voice actor. You got to study your craft like with any craft. You just got to work at it until you and you got to be I, I think critical self-analytical enough or and that's difficult to know like how good am I? But you know, there come a point where there's like a healthy amount of ego I feel you have to have as an actor, a healthy amount of like I'm fucking good. Yeah. I'm good. Uh, that, to give you that confidence, but not so much that you get cocky and think you can't learn anything new, and you know, but enough of a like, uh, I can fucking do this. I, I got this, you know. Just enough to and say I, that and then that. go home at night and cry like I suck, I'm terrible, <laughs> and then wake up the next day and be like, yeah, actually, no, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> Sorry, exactly. go ahead. No, we, 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 I go through that roller coaster too. Yeah. There are days where I'm like, maybe I'm not as good. You know, but it's like, <laughs> now it's like when when we both look at how, how far we've come. We're both fucking good at this, man, and and we're both gonna. We're both going to kill hey, it. Yeah, man. High know, five, I dude. I, I'm, high five, man. I I'm just happy to be doing this with people like you and, and like Ryan. It's it's yeah, to, man, to, yeah. to be able to celebrate and kind of venture into this new 
uh, I was talking with Ryan on the phone the other day and I was telling him having mm-hmm. you on, it's like, it, not, not to the same extent of like, okay, we're going to like take over the industry and like see you later, right. everybody else, but to be people who are new and to kind of like, um, elevate the caliber and quality yes. of these products because I do feel that in order to break into this industry you need to offer something that's not been done before yes. and and, 100%. and and to to for people like us we have to bring our A game because there's already mm-hmm. tons of people who do what we do already so we have to yeah raise the stakes and to tell the people who have been doing this for 10 yeah. 20 years who still sound the same way as we do to be like yeah mm-hmm, step mm-hmm. your shit up too because not that we're literally coming for your jobs but we're coming for any job and yeah. like that's the, the type of ball we're ready to play that's how i feel and and your performances mm-hmm. i know that is how you you feel whether you believe <laughs> that or not because it's just but you know the the wonderful thing about you know fresh blood coming in is that we're all unique human beings, and the uniqueness of each of us is what I think in large part gets us those those roles where they're like nobody else could play this because there's something about this person's unique life experiences and whatever it might be that shaped them to be exactly just the right kind of fit because you know when you get to the top five candidates for this one role, it's like they're all good as hell. But it's like, what's the one that? What's that one little thing that makes this guy or this girl or this, you know, this individual, this unique individual, be perfectly suited for our vision for this character? And that's where like fresh blood and having unique new perspectives and from a new generation, that's where that is invaluable. Mm. That's where they can find new characters that, uh, you know, comes from just like a new generation of unique. Um, and, and, and and talented people coming in. And it's and it, that's what I think we can bring. Yeah, and it's so exciting for even the... It's such a, it's a very weird thing, and I've, I'm still... It, it, because there's so much more voice acting in video games, because obviously as voice mm-hmm. actors, there's just so many different genres of the, the, the sport that we are in. And yeah. video yeah, games, yeah. it's like we are elevating... Like by us being an actor we elevate mm. the quality of our of gaming experience. So it's like yeah. two very yeah. separate things that have such a unique marriage that for me and and for you it's it's so mm. beautiful to think like okay, the better job I do as my, my job as an actor, yeah. the better video games get. Like how ridiculous and, is that? Yeah, I know, I know. Like like to be able to have like some kind of influence in people's experiences and you know hopefully it be a positive one to me that uh I love that prospect. Uh, as someone who loves the medium and has gotten so much joy and, and insight and uh, just just so many cool experiences from gaming because these voice actors really pour their hearts into these characters, to me, to, to have the opportunity to, to do the same for maybe another generation of gamers or, you know, that that's uh that's bliss for yeah me. that's that's a real oh it's right right here too did you, did you have yeah did you have any like um maybe not voice actors but anybody did you have actors who you looked up to or aspired to performances that really were like man i want to do this like how did like yeah did that influence your path to go to go into voice acting yeah well one of the most uh like the first like sort of shock to the system that i got um in terms of like oh wow video games can be this cinematic and tell this kind of storytelling was like metal gear solid yeah. the very first metal gear solid the the, the you know the <clears throat> the music kicks in the best is yet to come you know, the you know the snake is swimming like i remember that scene so vividly in my head and then colonel can you hear me like that that first i was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa what's going on here like it felt like a movie like i was playing a movie 
and then that evolved and then the last of us was mm. huge for me um Troy Baker's performance there, I gotta say, man, uh, that's that was the moment I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. One day I want to make something like this, something that's that's this emotionally resonant to people, something this genuine, and something something that tells this level of sort of truth about these characters who who we can on some level relate to. Um, Last of Us was the 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 nail in the coffin that made me go. This is my mm, career. I got to do this. It's so good. And the perfor- again, that's that was that next step, though. But people like, you know, Troy Baker yes. and, and Nolan North and these people who have gotten these these titles, these these new franchise games like The Last of Us Uncharted, mm-hmm. um, y- you know, it's 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 elevating the way we, like we were just saying, people are experiencing video games yeah. and obviously video games. It's happening, too, but it's also happening in anime right now. It's happening in animation. Absolutely. And I mean, gosh, I mean, JoJo's is so lucky to 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 have you and to have the the, the ensemble. I mean, even Kira, oh, you know, you have these people who are so passionate <sighs> about these franchises and these properties, and it's like it only helps raise the quality. Was yeah. were you a big fan of JoJo's, and how was what was that whole you getting that audition, getting booked? What was that whole process for you? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. My my brother introduced me to JoJo, um, and a couple friends. I like they kept talking about just how freaking well bizarre and ridiculous this show was. <laughs> and I'm like, well, isn't that just typical anime? They're like, no, no. no. Even by anime standards, JoJo yeah. <laughs> takes it to a whole new level. I'm like, all right, I got to check this out. And man, yeah. First part isn't like as bizarre, but then part two gets pretty crazy. Part three gets crazier, and then you know it just gets crazier and crazier every season. So at that point, yeah, I, I had seen enough JoJo where I was like. One day, you know, if the heavens allow, I hope to be in JoJo as a background character. I don't care. Just any role in JoJo, I'd be ecstatic. That'll happen like yeah, like 10 years, maybe. Five, five, 10 years. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll get there someday. <laughs> maybe. Keep dreaming, kid. And then, yeah, keep dreaming, kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, part five concluded. Part six auditions started coming out. And, and, you know, there's one of those like luck factors where like I happen to uh, sort of have made an impression with like mommy enough that she says, would send me auditions in like right place, right time. You know, I happened to move in just around the time when Jojo part six was starting to go into productions. Like all these things came together, but you know, luck is very much that whole, you know, when uh, opportunity meets preparation. And it's like that, that lucky moment happens, but if you're not prepared to seize the moment, you, you might miss out, you know? And fortunately, I happened to be at the right place at the right time where JoJo Part 6 was in production. I got that audition for Weather Report and Poochie. And I, I did my audition for both, but I, I, there, something about Poochie just felt really right for me. I, I, there's just, um, and I, I had read a bit of the manga. I've, I've, you know, I hadn't gone to, gotten to Part 6 by then, um, but I knew enough about Poochie having sort of read the wikis and stuff like that where I'm like, I, I really feel like I could do this character justice. And so I... I Usually with an audition, you don't want to do like a million yeah. takes because it just it gets muddled in your head and you start sort of like not knowing, oh, God, what's what, what's good, what's Impossible you know, to decide between them at that point. Yeah. yeah. But this is one of those roles that I wanted so badly that I really just like went through that script over and over and over again. I listened to myself over and over and over again. And it ha- this is one of those rare instances where I'm glad I did do like I did like 10, 15 takes or something because I knew there was something very specific I was looking for that I, when I heard it, I knew it, it, it yeah. felt right. And the very last good take that I did for that character, I put as my first take and then takes two and three. That happened to be the take that got me the part. 
Um, but funny enough, I didn't know I got the part until in the middle of a session because in JoJo, you know, you play both uh, your character and your yeah. stand, right? Your 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 apparition that gives you the powers. And uh, my first session, I I wasn't sent an email saying congratulations, you got this, this, and this part. I was just told by my agent, okay, here's you, you got this uh, session for for Pale Snake or White Snake, who is Poochie's stand. For some reason, my brain didn't put two and two together that the same voice actor voices both the character and the stand. Ah. And maybe there was a subconscious part of me that was like, don't hope, because if it turns out for some reason they're voicing them separately, I'll be crushed. Ah. So I'm like, all right, I got Pale Snake. I got White Snake. I'm satisfied. I mean, that's bigger than anything I thought I'd ever get in a JoJo. I was already ecstatic. Like, I'm playing the stand of a main <laughs> villain. Incredible. That's it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I do the session. Second session comes around. They're like, all right, so, uh, yeah, all right, next session we got you for some push. I'm like, what do you mean? I, I play uh, White Snake, right? I play Pale Snake. They're like, well, yeah, you're, you're playing Poochie as well, you know? He's, you know, the stand. And, and, and that's, I had a freak out in the middle of the session in front of the director, finding out right there. Um, so, yeah, that, that was one of the most joyful days of my life. <sighs> Uh, I never conceived in a million years I had the remotest chance of getting this part because there's so much incredible talent out there that I'm like, these actors would be perfect for this role. Like, there's so many actors that I had them in that I'm like, they'd, they'd do this one justice. They'd, they'd, hell, yeah, I don't have a chance, but I'll, I'll put my best foot mm. forward anyway. But then to, like, get that 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 notification of, like, no, you got it, dude. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it, frankly. Like... The fact that my life somehow, with all this chaos, somehow built up to this moment where I got this part that's like this dream role. It's crazy to think about, man. Well, you deserved it. Um, and I and, and I, I love hearing the, the the joy of you reliving it because it, it just that, – that I love seeing oh, that kind of love and care for the characters. And even when your character is a like a messed up villain, you know, it's like we still care about, you know – uh, yeah. putting that much effort into it. And it also goes to show, as you know, and for people listening who are aspiring to be voice actors, and I say aspiring because you haven't made any sort of commitment towards the, the genre. I, mm -hmm. I think labeling yourself as an aspiring actor at a certain point becomes detrimental and less helpful. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, but if you're considering getting into this industry, if you decide to... to invest your heart and soul in an audition sometimes like you were saying it can be to your detriment too you can get so obsessed yes. and it things mm -hmm. will not even sound like words anymore you'll start you'll yep. doubt every choice you made but just like in theater and i think maybe this is where your theater you know talk about what led you up to this moment like mining the material there's a reason why people yes. have rehearsals in theater it's not just to memorize the lines like you do that on your own time you do rehearsals to find mm -hmm. the character to find the nuance to find the story to find the arc of that character and if you yes. can show that in an audition that's when i that that is what stands out amongst the sea of very similar sounding auditions because you look at the specs it says like menacing it says like cruel and everyone yeah. latches on to these keywords and then the lines you know there's only so much you can do when you're just reading them but when you go in and, and mine for the backstory you start you know making things personal you personalize these things to you is where you yeah. find that little and that's where you have that little ting that little little tang that makes 100%. you sound like yeah that person's I don't know what it is but it's something about that just feels right on them yeah 
and you can hear it in your like when it doesn't even sound like you you know and it sounds like somebody else it's like that's when you're like this is interesting whatever i put whatever i did with this i, I think this is it and you can kind of feel it and, and you know it, it i i had a catholic background this character being this like priest uh i i'm kind of familiar with uh like elements of nuances that priests add to their sermons and stuff like that. I played this priest once in this uh, musical called Spring Awakening, and there's like elements of that that I brought into this audition. Um, but then like added that layer of menacing. I I I wanted him to have both that element of like almost like comforting, like a father uh, figure who's like, "Come, my child, I will guide you. I will guide you." But also underneath that. But if you don't follow what I say, I'll fucking kill you. You know, it's like I wanted to have a little bit of both seeping through. And so, like, that's what I kept in mind. And that that that's where I really mind. Um, it wasn't just repetition for the sake of it. It was like I'm looking for a very specific thing. And then when I heard it, I'm like, I think this is it. So well Sent done. So well done. And it's like that. It yeah. sounds. And I mean, granted, we're talking about a, a a career where we're saying lines like anybody can say lines yeah. anybody you find somebody mm -hmm. in walmart mm -hmm. and you hand them a script they can yeah. read those lines but it doesn't make it good yeah. we're we're talking about right. splitting hairs and that's what is going to separate you yes. sometimes from booking that role or not and when you can layer those two things and it sounds really mm -hmm. easy mm -hmm. when you say it but to do that and to embody oh, that man. is a whole other level of commitment and bravo to you yeah. and there's a reason why you got that role oh. and it's even more satisfying for someone like me to hear about that when you know <laughs> it means so much man so kudos yeah yeah and and you know that yeah and that process isn't always going to pan out sometimes like, i've poured uh, certainly a certain amount of like that level of effort in s certain other roles and i'm like i need this so bad yeah i didn't get it and that's okay you know it's it's just uh, ryan ryan uh put this uh, eloquently you're destined to play the roles you're destined to play because of just like who mm. you are as a as an individual unique person it's like those roles will find you it once like if you put the groundwork in and like you've established yourself as as a seriously working actor who is taking this seriously and loves the crap and just has fun with it and plays with it those roles will come your way um and with poochie that kind of proved the points like it, it'll find you <laughs> Um, it, it's not that you're a bad actor if you don't get the the protagonist part and the whatever. It's just like there's something about so, that that other actor that makes them uniquely qualified for this specific vision of what they're looking for. And it's all subjective, yeah. ultimately, it really is. Especially when you're getting to the top five candidates and you're really splitting hairs at that point. Um, but it's just like the stars will align here and there, and and when that happens, it's it, it makes it all worth it heck you know? yes is there a is there a show or a game or a anime is there something that you're that's very much like jojo's or that for you is like your yeah. golden goose of man i that to do that would be really yeah. cool and obviously i mean who knows you might be doing it already for all i know with ndas and stuff but is there something that like for you growing up had such a big impact on you whether it was a game or a show or something that that would be that kind of like you've you know you've pat your younger self yeah. on the back and then you're just like screaming or even new because i mean there's some games right now and I'm, you're reviewing them and sure. maybe there's something new that you'd love to be a part of yeah i mean well the fact that i get to be in god of war ragnarok is is that's one of my favorite games of all time the 2018 it's literally like top five um and to it's truly just an honor to to be a part of uh, of the new one. I, I, I'm not like a major character per se, but you you'll get to kill me quite often. <laughs> so uh, as one of the enemies, um, so that's great. You'll tear me apart limb from limb. Uh, fantastic. But no, nah, that was that was so much fun. But you know, uh, growing up, you know, Hideo Kojima is such a, an influential figure 
and to be able to work with him on anything, really, Death Stranding, whatever, you know, horror game he might be cooking up. I don't know, whatever it is he's working on. To be in any sort of Kojima project and to be able to collaborate with him, with his fascinating way of looking at the world and applying his worldviews to his games, that would uh, send me screaming and that would be a dream come true. Um, I hope to work with, uh, you know, Naughty Dog, I, 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 Last of Us being the thing that got me into voice acting. And I, I hope to work with them on a project with that level of, you know, sort of nuanced performances and really diving deep into who these people are and, and really create full-fledged, three-dimensional, vulnerable, you know, yet tough and, and still, like, trying to survive it out characters. Um, but, man, yeah, Final Fantasy is also a big one, you know, um, that's near and dear to my heart. Man, there's a lot, man. There's so much that would make me scream and joy and and. So bliss. what are like, um, what is like video game wise? And I'm, we're not gonna say favorite because I know it's hard to like pick your favorites. Mm. But what are three like? Yeah. What are three games? I mean, you said like Kojima and Death Rami, but like you know throughout sure, the sure. archives of life that had like the most uh-huh. um, that either impressed you, like blew you away with yeah. how maybe it might, might not be your favorite, but it just blew you away at how whatever it was, graphical, storyline, acting, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or just left an impact on you, or, um, yeah. you know, so- something that set itself out, you know, that like even from like a yeah. reviewing standpoint, where, you know, I, like yeah, what yeah, was yeah. something that you just marveled at that was that was made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've brought up Metal Gear Solid, so uh, the, the other big one I'd say is The Legend of Zelda. Oh, yes. I, I remember my friend bringing his N64 to my house. I... I'd seen Link for the first time in Super Smash Brothers for N64. Uh-huh. I was like, who's this, you know, I don't know, elf-looking dude, I don't know, whatever, with a green hat. Why does he only go, huh? Hut? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, like a little cool, cute little dress, I guess. I don't know. You know, yeah. I don't know. My, my dumb kid mind <laughs> just didn't know who this, how influential this character would be. But then my this friend brought over his N64 to my place, put the cartridge in, booted it up, and I remember... Uh, uh, it was in the Temple of Time. The music started kicking. The <sighs> Link was it was in his red tunic, and then he started moving around this. Like I was like, what? I, I just what? What yeah. is this? And then he goes out. There's the castles in the post-apocalyptic seven years later timeline. The Redeads all, all over the the, the you know the, the freaking market area, and then he goes out from there into the open world Hyrule field. Nothing like this I had ever seen in 3D form. This, you know, 3D was new at this point. You know, N64 uh, sort of, and, and PS1 pioneer 3D gaming. This was all, well, I guess SNES on some level, but like full, full fledged 3D, uh, 3D. Just to see this open world that you could explore and adventure through. It, it, this was the first game that really made me feel like I was going on yeah. an adventure, on a quest, and that the world was open to me to explore, and and and, and there's mystery to find at every corner. That feeling was evoked so powerfully by Ocarina of Time that it, it, it I'd say it's my favorite game. Wow. Um, straight up. It's up there yeah. for me, too. And I know yeah, it, gosh. You know, there are aspects of it that, you know, haven't aged, but to me, a favorite game of all time isn't about, like, what's mechanically yeah. the best. You know, to me, it's like, what is the impression that game left on you? What is the memory it left you with? And to me, Ocarina of Time, it, it left me with, with a level of awe that made me go, so this is where games yeah. had it. Holy shit. It's not just Tetris and, you know, uh, it's not just a toy anymore. It's an experience. It's an interactive experience. You will get lost. I mean, 10 years down the line, imagine where games will be. And, yeah, here we are. And, man, look at how far games have come. Um, 
So Ocarina of Time is a big one. I'd say uh, from soft games, uh, I've, be- I've became I've become a fan of them recently, sort of in the past two years actually. But uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice and and Elden Ring, I'd say what Ocarina of Time was to my childhood is what Elden Ring is yes. to my adulthood. It's that game that at at a constant pace made me go. What? How is this video game yeah. possible? How, how have they made this? How is it that at, at, at every couple minutes, I'm, my jaw is dropping and I'm surprised by the depth and breadth of content and enemy variety and stuff to find? Like, it gave me that same feeling. So, Elden Ring gets huge kudos. Um, yeah, Last of Us, God of War. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's so yeah, many yeah. games I could really. Is there something about, you're. Ocarina of Time is. I mean, yeah. same for me, Ocarina of Time. I mean, we've talked yeah. about it a bunch of times on here. It's just mm-hmm. had such a. I'm surprised I haven't gotten a Triforce tattoo yet, but who knows? Uh, still got a lot of, lot of, lot of time yeah, yeah. <laughs> to do that if I want to. <laughs> uh, is yeah, there yeah. a game or, or something that you're excited for to come out that's been announced that you're like, I can't wait to, to play that or to talk about that, to make videos about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, man. God of, God of War Ragnarok is sort of the the, the game that I'm really excited yeah. about this year. Uh, Elder Ring's already come out, and then at, beyond that, it's like everything got delayed, mm. basically. Um, but, you know, I, I love the, the original God of War so much, uh, that father-son yeah. story, aspects of it, you know, which I could relate to. Um, uh, not not the whole my dad is <laughs> or anything, but but just you know there sometimes you know there there's strains in in the relationship and yeah my my dad and I we love yeah. each other very much but you know every once in a while there are those moments that you recall you're like man yeah there was some strain here some strain there every relationship can occasionally go through that and to like have that sort of put in such a relatable way in in, in God of War uh, I thought it was amazing and I'm very curious to see how they develop that relationship further with Ragnarok and also to freaking see mm-hmm. Ragnarok all right <laughs> I mean at that level of graphics fidelity um beyond that um I think uh, FromSoft accidentally leaked uh that they're basically their next game is going to be Armored Core I don't know how familiar you are with that but it's basically yes. mechs um so it's a mech souls like I mean I'm mechs are like my shit so a mech souls like is like that's that's uh, my dream come true right there. So that next FromSoft game, I'm I'm really really pumped for. Um, oh man, there's probably tons of others. That I'm just like my brain is not. Well, let me bounce off to this next well, question here because I was actually you just made me remember it because I know you used to do yeah. uh, you used to do like let's plays and stuff. You had like young plays, right? Yeah. And I I I remember watching your video where you were like, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's just like you know I my gaming experience has changed from. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I'm having that same effect or that same feeling about gaming when I'm mm-hmm. doing it for other people or at least with other people watching. Maybe it's not for them, but yeah. do you st- do you still have, are you still capturing that same feeling you've had as a kid gaming and do you feel that it's just for you specifically, it's not something that you're going to be able to enjoy uh with like other people like hovering over you while you're doing it because Mm -hmm. i feel the same way i i I have a hard time playing certain games on twitch or whatever because i just feel like it's not that private um influential moments that i used to have as a kid some of my best gaming experiences happen when i go off the beaten path and just like start doing random stuff especially in open world games and I feel like if I play the way I usually like to play, it'll bore or frustrate people. And so I feel pressure to like just stay on the path and like do the things that are exciting, exciting for people to watch or for me to react to. And so it just feels like I'm I'm just I'm just like 
playing in an inauthentic yeah. way just to please the audience anytime I play in front of people because I want to keep them entertained. I don't want to I don't want them to tune in and just be bored by me like picking apples in Zelda, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild <laughs> or whatever. But it's like I love just like God, like the, yeah, there was this one time I was playing by myself where like an apple started rolling down the hill and I just started chasing this apple for some reason and then it like it led to this really cool discovery. Like that's why I, I do weird random stuff like that and um, I also people I, I feel like people aren't open to me just making mistakes you know when I keep dying to a boss or whatever you're like oh my god Jan come on you you, you should be better than this at this point and I'm just like I don't I, I, I'll play at my yeah. own pace you know and so it's just stuff like that that I'm like you're I'm not enjoying the game when I feel like I'm being steered in a certain direction when I have to feel like I have to steer myself instead of just like organically playing the game the way it was meant mm. to be played so I'll I'll occasionally do like a one hour two hour stream of like the first two hours of a game or something like that, um, but to play a game in its entirety on stream, I can't do it yeah. anymore. It's just I need I, that needs to be a private time for me, where I can really not have to worry about yeah. anything what people are saying. It's just me, the game, fully immersed, and just uh, just yeah, just being there in the present in the moment. That's it's same. It's a similar feeling for me, and it's 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 nice to hear somebody who has to to like when I saw you make that video. It's a very kind of admirable thing to say. It's like for me, this is not something I'm enjoying right now. And while you yeah. can milk that horse, and you could do the "Whoa, right. that's crazy" type right. of thing, and and you could <laughs> clip those moments, and you could sure. make a career out of that alone. It's just to to say like no to me. And the way I experience in games, it's it's much more important for me to have that, you know, because you don't want that to, you know, I was, that's why I was curious if, if you're, if that had a lingering effect mm. on you. But obviously, um, if you're able to enjoy them still, that's fantastic. And I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, if there's one thing that's like sort of diminishing a bit of my passion for gaming, it's a lot of the BS that I report mm. on uh, the monetization. They're, they're used, here's the thing, like when you look at movies, it's like. You know, some the ticket prices have gone up here and there, but fundamentally, the movie watch, watching experience hasn't really changed. You sit down, you watch the thing from beginning to end, and then you you know you form your opinion on it. Do you like it? Do you not like it? And that's that. But gaming has fundamentally changed in terms of how we interact with them because of the, all this monetization, all, all this like shady stuff. It's like just seeped their way yeah. into gaming, and so it's like the. Once upon a time, I looked forward to EA games, Ubisoft games, all these different companies, and the the worst I had to worry about was, am I going to yeah. like it or not? Is this going to be, is this going to appeal to me or not? And is it, you know, is it going to be polished enough? That's about it. But now it's like every time a major company announces a game, it's like my brain always goes into, okay, but what's the catch? What's the catch with this? Um, certain companies like FromSoft, like I, I, them, I kind of trust more. But even now with like with CD Projekt, sort of, I trusted them completely like just yeah. completely i was like no way they're gonna release a broken product like it's just they've said it'll be out when it's ready and i believe them they i wanted them to be the golden mm. standard of what triple a companies should be so much that i feel like i blinded myself mm. on some level and so that was heart crushing to me and so now like my trust in, in gaming companies has just really really yeah. gone down like i i look at everything from the lens of what's the catch and every time i'm like prove me wrong prove my pessimism wrong make my videos age like 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 yeah. old milk and that'd be the most incredible thing because i don't want to be right about yeah. my pessimism but it's just like i've been right enough times where i'm like 
it's hard not to be paranoid now these days about well, when you releases. see those articles which you just um, made a video about where you have the former ea mm-hmm. uh, ceo just basically saying yeah. like you're you're an idiot if you're not exploiting these people who are you yep. know d- doing the diablo immortal where it's like we want you to yeah just continue to keep spending money because you'll never reach you'll never be yep. the best unless you do it it's just you, you, that's the way the game is designed yeah, he's saying if you, as someone in a position of power and influence, don't outsmart people and get extract all the money from them, then you're stupid because you're not benefiting from some at somebody else's expense. That's the message you mm-hmm. put out there. Why would you not want to just benefit at the expense of others? You have so much to gain. That's the message he's putting out there. And if that's what gaming is going to become, then you know it's like that's that's a really sad thing. But I, there's so many good things yeah. about gaming though. Um, the way I like to put it is like. The highs are some of the highest we've ever, ever seen, but the lows are some of the lowest ever in the history of gaming these days. So I try to, you know, I, I call out a lot of the, the lowest of lows because I really feel passionate about this industry having to steer itself a little bit into, away from the iceberg, if you will. Um, because when, when, it, when it's good, man, it's freaking good. When, El, when a game like Elden Ring comes out, it reminds you like, oh, that's right. That's why yeah. I freaking love this. That's why I love playing these games. That, that's what made me fall in love with this. When a game like God of War comes out, you're reminded this is why this medium is, for me, the, the best yeah. medium ever. Like, I love movies. I love anime. I love it. You know, but, but gaming is just special to me. And um, I just want it to be better in certain aspects. I, I don't want to be paranoid about games anymore, but it's like you have to be these days, and yeah. it sucks. We work hard for this um, money, and people, but, you know, like, the the relationship yeah. was for a long time. You spend 50 bucks, you get a game that's going to last you for a while, and there's not going to be any other gimmicks with that. It's like you, we have this agreement. Yep. Like, okay, here, you give me this money, and you get this story, and that's it. Or you get this experience mm-hmm. that we've promised you from the upfront, and now there's, like, so many other aspects to things and even with while I do love the DLC model I still feel like there's like this aspect of it where it's like you're not going to get the whole game you're going to have to buy three of these Mm -hmm. games or you're going to have to buy five of these games or it's you know yeah. Um, it's a very interesting industry now where it's not it's not the it's definitely not the same as it was when we were growing up no it's not Um, like the analogy I always like to present is like imagine somebody sells you a pie but you notice, wait, there's a slice missing. They go, oh, no, no, that, that's, this is the full package. This slice is just DLC. Here you go. That, that's just an extra slice. When it's like, no, it should have been part of the – I can see you cut yeah. out the slice, dude. Um, it's like it, it feels like that so much of the times. The only instance um, in which I can I can but, respect it is like what Final Fantasy is, is doing, in my opinion, because it does feel like they have mm-hmm. created – an entire like a game experience within what they're yeah. doing. It's much different than when yeah, like to For me sure. that that's like a separation. Hundred percent. There there are two scenarios. There's some where like oh this is a full game and then they actually added an extra slice of pie on yeah. top of the full pie and it wasn't like they took out a slice. And then other instances you're like well clearly you could have just put yeah. that in there but you're selling it separately because you want to monetize. So it's like yeah that that uh, that's like killing some of the passion but. I'm always going to be passionate about games. I just, I just, I, yeah. we can be better, Gosh. I think. Let me, let me, let me ask you this, it. because this is an interesting question to ask someone yeah. like you. I feel like it's very particular for your okay. uh, circumstance. Sure. Okay. Um, as someone who is very critical of game studios, uh, call them out. You, yeah. li- you have no shame in literally saying these people are effing exploiting the shit out of you. As a voice actor... Yep. Does that mm-hmm. give you any sense of like, what if these people hire me and then they walk me into the office and then they're like, Young, mm-hmm. you're going to apologize because of what you've said. 
Like, I'm, does that like as a as a voice actor, do you would do you have any yeah. sense of like, um, I'm not going to work on these projects or like, um, it, 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 maybe it's not even the fact of like what you're doing mm-hmm. is not even associated with like the the exploitation parts of some of these companies. So like, right. what is your your opinion on? Uh, that as a voice actor, does that change your opinion of how some of these companies work or not? Does it curb yeah. maybe what you want to say or not? I uh, I will never trade my real life voice for the voice of a fictional <laughs> character. Period. <laughs> my voice, me ha- being able to have opinions and being able to express them to me, that's way more important than any fictional character, no matter how much I want to voice them. So look, if a company is like, oh, you said this bad thing about us, we're not going to hire you for anything. Fuck it. <laughs> There's so much work out there. Um, and I don't need one company to pretend like they can hold something over my head. And like, if you don't want to hire me because I have things to say about the games industry, fair enough. You don't have to hire me. And it's really that simple. Like to me, that autonomy is the most important thing. And I, I always hope to keep conversations constructive and, you know, all these things. But at the end of the day, I'm sure I've pissed off some studios or some creative heads who are like, we will never have this guy in our game. Fair enough. Uh, there's so much other great work and great characters out there that aren't involved in all this seedy, yeah. shady stuff. That, um, But yeah, at the same time, if like a studio brings me in and they're like, we need you to voice this character and you know, it happens to be Call of Duty and or whatever, which I've you know criticized in the past. It's like, look, if, if you're going to hire me as an actor, I'm going to give you 110% yeah. as an actor. Uh, like, cause I don't think, you know, Star Wars Battlefront two having pay to win loot boxes has anything to do with Matthew Mercer's performances. Heck no, that, that's, that's, and that's how played, I feel you know? too. It's you know what it, I mean? the, the games that are yeah. being played have nothing to do with really the, uh, I don't want to say creative, but the creative aspects that we're a part of it's, this is yeah. way above on a high, different, way different food chain that yeah. it's not even politics that I feel voice actors should have to worry about. Um, you know, yeah, I agree. Um, like when when you know, uh, like with Star Wars Battlefront two, when all that jazz happened, it's not the fault of like there were things to compliment about that game. I th- I thought the artists, the way they recreated you know Star Wars characters and models, and yeah, they did a fantastic job with the visuals of the game and all these things. But so it's like when I talk ill of Battlefront two and like the kind of negative impact that's had on the industry, it's not about any of that. It's not about the visuals, the graphics, the music, the because all that stuff yeah. is what's good. And it's the potential that got ruined. That's what that's what really gets me. It's like you had yeah. something there. Look at the work that the developers put in, and then you tarnish that potential with this CD gameplay loop, this CD monetization system, and you made all their work be for naught. Because now people are going to remember that game by the pay-to-win stuff instead of all the stuff yeah. that it did do well. And including the performances. You know, it's like, you know, Matthew Mercer's not gonna flaunt Star Wars Battlefront 2 because that game has such a negative reputation, you know, even though I thought his performance as Luke Skywalker was really, really on point, you know, it's like, it sucks that, 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 that is a situation sometimes voice actors have to be in like with cyberpunk. I feel like a lot of voice actors couldn't really voice uh, their enthusiasm for being in this game. That's like still really good. There's so much awesome stuff about that game, but a lot of CD stuff happened on, you know, on a managerial level that, uh, you know, warranted criticism. It's it's a, yeah, it's a very so, unfortunate thing, but that's one of the things I love about you and your voice and your community and what you do on YouTube is because it is so very you are 
you're what I would like to consider like someone who is like a, a, a truth shooter. This is the truth of what I'm experiencing. And I mean, uh, the irony of the fact that you're like telling the truth as an actor or, you know, trying to portray the truth. I mean, that's a whole separate <laughs> thing. But what you sure. really do is in such a, a critical way, I truly love and I think the industry needs more people like you. I mean, honest to God, these studios need to hire like people like you as consultants on these games and just say, hey, this is what we're doing. Like, what do you think? I, like, what is yeah. what is your opinion? Whether we take it or not, that's beyond the point. But like, what is what are what are the people who are not afraid to voice their opinion from a critically and oftentimes constructively uh, constructive criticism point? Yeah. Like, what what should we be looking towards? What should we be looking at? Because I I, I feel like there are cer- certain companies that are thinking like this is the last game we're ever going to make. We got to milk every last dollar mm. before no other dollar ever exists again. And it's that that's the part mm. that's unfortunate mm. for for me as a voice actor is when I'm seeing like that type of stuff and you're reading for it and you're like, ah, do I want to read for this mm. or not? But yeah. for me, I'm I I fall in love with characters and I fall in lo- fall in love with storytelling and uh, that's yeah. that's where my my stances on that but um for you as yeah. a content creator i uh i i just love that you you speak up for for people like me and for for many other people a lot of people who are afraid to speak up and say they're, they're you know the discourse they have with the uh, choices yeah. studios are making or um whatever it might be it's it's very important yeah i you know i'm in the fortunate position of like my livelihood doesn't and doesn't depend on for me voice acting yeah. is a passion project. it's not <laughs> something that I'm pursuing to be like, I, I, I need the money. I, I do it because I love it, period. Like I'm by being in LA, like I could, I could live in Delaware where there's no sales tax rent is cheaper. You know, I, I could save money by being in Delaware, but I'm, I yeah. just wouldn't be as happy as I am right now doing this thing that I love. And I'm in this fortunate position where I have YouTube, which is this aspect of my career that I love that, you know, is my financial support. And so if God forbid my voice acting career goes out in flames, no, I'll, I'll well, I have a hard time you know, believing that'll ever not happen. Not everyone so, is in um, that. You're kind of you're kind of in this for I think a little <laughs> bit longer, my friend. It's just <laughs> you've graced us too much. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm down for that. Um, but but yeah, you know, if certain studios you know won't hire me for whatever reason, it's like I'll survive. That's not I'm not afraid of studios shutting me out or blacklisting me just because yeah. I have things to say. Because uh, you know everyone has things to say, and to try to diminish that is a scummier thing than, you know, someone saying, I think this game could be better, or I think practices surrounding yeah, this game. God, that's so, so that, I so, mean, I love you for that, man. That is such a admiral thing. And again, it's <laughs> a lot of people appreciate that. I'm sure that's what your fans, uh, the people who show up to every one of your videos, they, they love that you, you speak on behalf of them. So that's a, I'm sure there's a lot of people like want to say thank you for that and that's got to be uh exciting now as a voice actor to kind of go to these conventions and for people to be like to know you now as uh the voice actor obviously but or like it's like <laughs> i also love your videos that's got to be a little bit of a yeah, yeah, cool yeah. experience to have right yeah definitely you know it yeah yeah it's like you know as a content creator you're like sort of in this uh sort of locked in environment you got your camera your computer and it's like in this room and you're just constantly turning out content here by your by yourself and it's like it's sometimes easy to forget oh yeah like there are people who are like watching this stuff and they're getting something out of it and like and so it's a reminder of like right i'm, I'm making this content because i, I genuinely you know want to keep people informed and, be, and because we have common interests about games and um, and to be able to like meet these people and like share that like oh yeah we have this thing in common it, it's it's a reminder of like yeah this is why i make content to to 
to make sure to, to have it resonate with people and hopefully in a positive and informative way um, is yeah and hopefully I keep improving you know I'm, you know I'm not perfect <laughs> wait you're not perfect as a content creator damn I thought so. we were all perfect crazy impossible <laughs> uh. yeah but you know every day it's it's a learning opportunity and I, I hope to just be get better at both my craft and the way I present things and you know just just keep on of course this journey. Um, if you could if you could give um, we're gonna we have a couple quite we have a question here from uh, one of our fans sure. and then I've, I've got t- typically I say this question to, to voice actors but I want to ask this as a twofold for you so the first part of it is if you could give sure. one piece of advice to um, the gaming industry as a whole as the, the entity okay. what would that as piece of advice be to the gaming industry man uh, one piece of advice. Huh? Well, it doesn't have to be the only, but the one that you're like, if I have to, yeah. you know, bestow uh, some sort of statement, yeah. like your yearbook quote, you know, like this is like the yearbook quote. If you had to leave that yeah, sure, one sure, thing, sure. you can't leave two. What would be like the one thing you'd say? That's that 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 at least that maybe has been coming up for you a lot, or just even a comment. It doesn't have to be like a a hard piece of advice or yeah. anything or a criticism. It could just be a comment. I think we just need a, just to communicate more mm-hmm. amongst each other. Um, it just feels like game development is such a black box, and it, everything's so secretive. Like in, in Hollywood and film, it's like a project on screen. Like we found, find out about it pretty pretty soon. Like it's not, you know, uh, like like the reason Norman Reedus blurted out that Stranding Two was happening was because that's what he's, he's, he's well, that's what he's used to. He doesn't think like, oh, I'm supposed to keep this on the hush hush because. That's not the industry he's used to. The gaming industry is like very specifically, particularly secretive, and and I feel like just like opening up communication, um, sort of allowing, filling people in on aspects of the development process so they understand. Because I feel like a lot of times developers are misunderstood by people. They think, oh, just add this thing; it's easy. It's like you you don't know what one simple addition how that could break the whole game you know what i mean it's like this whole jigsaw puzzle you have to like so so it's like just just opening up that communication a little more and having just more back and forth um and 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 taking fee- people's feedback a little more seriously in certain aspects because some stuff when when they announce like oh this monetization it's like did you, how have we not learned at this point um and i think part of it is you know they just a lot of developers just don't have a choice they have to listen to the higher ups who don't care about backlash as long as the money is in as long as the people who they who are meant to be exploited are exploited who cares what this uh, vocal mm-hmm. minority have to say and so it's not necessarily up to them sometimes but i just feel like if we all just talked a bit more amongst each other and fill each other in on things it could, you know, mend some bridges and, and we could be a little more empathetic towards each other. Um, but also on the audience side of things, you know, it's just fans sometimes yeah. are so vicious that developers are afraid to be open and communicative. And I totally yeah. 100% get that. It's like I, I I mean, I face some occasional, you know, uh, you know, attacks here and there, email, comment, whatever, but... nothing that I deal with is anything like what developers deal with, man. Some of the, especially like female developers, they get some of the worst, most disgusting vile messages I've I've ever seen. And I don't know what drives any sad individual to, you know, put themselves out there like that. Um, So it's like, it's, it's, it's difficult when, 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 when fans are so vicious, it's like it, it doesn't make developers feel comfortable to open up a little bit. And then, but I feel like the effort could be made to just like 
Yeah, foreign bridges, foreign bridges more, have more you know. communication. I mean, granted, that's, I think, advice yeah. for any industry and for humanity as a whole, which is... Uh... <laughs> any relationships, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, communication is so important yeah. to anything, really. And, and I feel like that's where things are a little disjointed in the games industry. Yeah, and I think we as fans we but. invest in, in companies and we give them our, our trust and, and you know our, we show up with our, our credit cards yeah. and our dollars to support and we also feel like yeah. sometimes like you know how, whether a project's constantly being pushed back and we're, we're not being told why mm -hmm. something's happening or uh, we're just not getting any communication yeah. whatsoever about what's, what's happening with that. They announced yeah. it or they didn't announce it and now we're kind of left yeah. in the dark. Yeah. I feel like if you as a, a developer make the choice to enter into this arena, it's like there's some protocols or like there's an agreement you're making with yeah. the, the world and the community. And it, it's hard to just kind of like have somebody, you know, like have a bunch of people fall in love with you and then just go kind of rogue and not expect a little bit of, yeah, of exactly. agitation from these people who have now been yeah. entranced by what you've you've put out into and charged for. It's not like you're giving yeah. these games away for free, yeah. you know? Exactly. It's not charity. It's like this is a business yeah. transaction, you know, and it's it's a pact you're making with people. It's like you pay us 60 bucks and we're going to give you something that you'll find worth 60 or now 70 yeah. bucks. Um, and it's like you got to you got to, you know, um, not take that for granted um, because people work hard for $70, you know, for it for, you know, I'm, I'm in the fortune position where, you know, but once upon a time for me, $70 was a huge amount of money. I, I grew up poor that my family yeah. grew up poor so i know what it's like to be in a place of like i only have yep. one game that i can pick for the f next couple months and if that one game happens to be microtransactions infested and a total disappointment because of how it deceitfully marketed itself and made me buy the game only for me to get something that i have to wait months for it to get finished or you know or who knows months later maybe they'll introduce mm. new microtransactions that will make it worse you know it's like there are people out there who are relying on this one purchase to be a worthwhile purchase and like if you betray that it's i know what it's yeah. like to have that heart crush so so you can't you know it's like don't don't take don't don't be a <laughs> dick about that you know understand that you know there's some responsibility that comes with taking people's money for something yeah. that they want to enjoy gosh it's so true and so the 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 tandem question to this is what would be that what would the one piece of advice you'd give to yourself the younger young getting into this voice acting industry or or becoming a, an aspiring uh youtuber whatever it might be what would be the thing you'd tell yourself that you now know um that you wish you kind of known Man. um earlier which could you know for our sakes be uh for a lot of our listeners out there what would be that one thing you'd tell yourself that you uniquely experienced <clears throat> man it's I, I guess uh believe in yourself really that that's one of the things i i have most difficult with like i'm i'm bad at taking compliments like when when people compliment i, I compliment me i i think on some level man <laughs> what do they want <laughs> i don't know like yeah, what do they want? Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, I find it difficult for me to think that I'm, like, at the same level as some of these people mm -hmm. that I admire and whatever. Um, and it's more and more lately, I'm, like, I've, I've had to overcome that. Again, there, there has to be a healthy amount of, yep. like, fuck it, I'm good. I'm good. Um, that, that has to be there. Because when you come into, like, a session, it's like you have to have a, a certain poise and confidence and, like, just, just, just free yourself up from all these negative thoughts and just, like, be there to play. Know that you're, you're good at what you do forget about that and just have fun like that that's the that's when the best comes yeah. out of me as an actor but every once in a while i'll get in my head i'll be like oh this specific director um uh, 
like there's one uh chris zimmerman is uh mm-hmm. she directed all the metal gear um games and when i'm when i'm directed by her it, that i get a little nervous i i really don't want to disappoint her you know what i mean it's like and but that's like the last thing i should be thinking about that's almost selfish because you're there to to help the directors and producers find what they want but also along the way have fun with it and eventually i do ease into it but um, there's still moments like that where, where I, I think I'm not good enough uh, or I don't, I don't believe in myself enough. And it's like I have to constantly remind myself, like, dude, you're, you're doing it. Um, and, you, and for my younger self, you will be doing it. It wasn't an easy choice to be like, yeah, let's just move to L.A. and become a voice actor or let's just drop college, the thing that I've been primed to, like, believe is my future and do this YouTube thing that may, like what what even is YouTube career? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like back then, especially ten years ago, it was a very different landscape. Now it's like YouTube careers. Like yeah, no, it's we, it's possible. Ten years ago, it was like yeah, like what? It's this nebulous thing that may or may not work out. It's worked out for some, but like how how am I gonna make a career out of uploading videos like that? That was a crazy concept at the time. And so just to just to like. You know, if you love something, just just work at it, and then believe that you can you can do it. Um, there comes a point where you have to acknowledge you're good at it, and so like don't be afraid to tell yourself, to pat yourself on the back, and tell yourself, "Damn, mm-hmm. dude, you're good." I love good. that. Don't get cocky. You can get better. I love you're that. Good. That's so well said, and and it's uh, we hear people say a version of that um, a lot, but I, I I think the way you just kind of phrased it was so beautifully put that it's it is that balance of of cockiness but confidence. It's it's confidence yeah. in yourself, and if you've done the hard work, you've you've earned. Um, mm-hmm. People are calling you in, you know. Chris is calling you in yeah. for a reason. She, she's not calling anybody else up. Like, right. you know, there's not, she's not just going in the, in the phone book or whatever it might be and just, ah, let's try this person out. No, this is someone, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. this is someone operating at the highest level exactly. of what they are doing. And if they call you in, then you, you got, you got to have yours. You have to have pat yourself enough yeah. on the back to be able to like let go of any ounce of whatever that is. Cause then yes. you're going to let them down. Um, if you, if you don't yeah. show up, to whatever you put out there in that audition because it's we're pretty comfortable in mm-hmm. our homes with no one uh, sitting here criticizing us yeah. but the other part of that is now you got to do that for other people sometimes yeah. producers sometimes it's people who have no idea I literally yeah. here's a little tidbit and then we'll get our question from our audience I did a commercial mm-hmm. job the other day for a insert any name brand of whatever i'm not gonna say what it was yet um and these producers great people didn't understand a thing about acting they're like i want it to sound like this Mm. like can you make it sound like this at the end and i'm like but what what are you Uh, trying to achieve here and it just gets to a point where you just mm. have to say it the way that they want you know line reading you just they they say in the and and you as an actor might go well that sounds absolutely terrible (laughs) but if that's what they want there's, you know, you got to have either the, the uh, enough of your own confidence to say like, Hey, I, I, great. I want to give you what you have, but do you mind if I give a take? And at the end of the day, the end product is not yeah. up to you anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. you know, so we, we deal with, with all these things as actors and you just got to learn to have the confidence to know that you're there, you're there to do the job as an, you, you auditioned, yeah. you got there for a good reason. And now just, just have fun, whatever you can do to have fun. And, and yeah. And, 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 you know, like sit down and think about where you are like i remember how much i celebrated when i got to like 10,000 subscribers you know what i mean and now i'm like at a million and somehow 
some days I feel like I'm not good enough when I'm at a freaking million when I used to be at 10,000 and that was like a lifetime achievement. It's like, yeah. we're, we're there. We're already there. It's just, just, just like, just, just go forward. And, 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 but it's like, it's so easy for human beings to like settle into their success and be like, but that's not successful enough. Um, when it's like you, you're doing the thing and it's just like, I, I think having that sense of gratitude and like really appreciating what you have and not taking it for granted will help you go, yeah, like, why why am I so in my own head about, like, am I successful enough when mm-hmm. I am successful? Um, and, and, and now I can just, I can only go up and forward from here, and I, I just, I pay it forward, and I do the work, and, like, just enjoy it. Now you have it. Now enjoy it and, like, keep at it and see where it goes, and it's, like, it's this adventure, and, like, I have to, like, learn to think of it more that way. Now that I'm saying it out loud, it's, like, yeah, why don't you keep, you think about it that way more? Um but but yeah it's like it that's there in my head it's just sometimes it's easy to like forget yeah. that that's there that that sense of just like childhood wonder, perspective will, and that gratitude i mean gratitude is obviously what it is and then having those moments to remind yourself of gratitude but i i think in certain circumstances i wouldn't recommend this like if you're climbing on the face of a mountain like i wouldn't recommend like looking back and look how far you came and being like yeah look how far i came but <laughs> in the sense of a career right. it's kind of helpful to kind of be like looking back to be like wow i had no jobs. I did no voiceover at a point in time. I had no subscribers. Mm-hmm. I had nobody caring about anything that I did. And now look how far I've come. And while you might have more aspirations and dreams, yeah. it's just like, take For a sure. moment to be like, I I kicked some ass. You know, I kicked some ass to get to get where kicked I'm at. Ass. And I have a hard time with that too. And I'm in a position... Yeah, and, and, and I'm in a position where I can kick yeah. even more ass. You know, I'm, I've like walked through that door and like there's all this ass kickery <laughs> waiting for me. And let's just let's just go after it. You know, it's like that. That's, I feel like that's <laughs> exactly, dude. Oh, my gosh. I love this. Joe, <laughs> can we please bring up our question here? Um, I, I want to make sure we get young out of here. I've already t- uh, t- had him on here for way longer than I have agreed to. Absolutely. <laughs> OK, so the question is from Jack Act. Thanks, Young. Love your videos. Was there ever a video you had regrets about making, whether it was too hot of a take or your opinion changed? Uh, the videos that I do like take down are the ones where I thought this was accurate information, and then I find out it's inaccurate information. And as I've said, I've I've made mistakes in the past, and uh, that when that happens, that that really sucks because I, I put bad information out there um, but I do I tend to like do a re-upload where I'm like here's where I this is the bad information here's the good information um, but you know maybe some people don't check back and they you know go run with the bad information so it's like when that happens when I when I accidentally or mistakenly or just without doing my pure due diligence present information that um, shouldn't have been presented that's when I'm like I got to take this down and I got to like make sure people are aware that this was bad info um and uh, yeah, and then the, the Cyberpunk 2077 review, I, I think I didn't handle that. Um, I, I trusted CD Projekt too much. I gave them too much uh, leeway because I wanted them, I, I, I put so much of my hopes and dreams for the games industry on them and what they represent. But uh, yeah, I, I just blinded myself in a lot of ways to that. So um, I, I still love many aspects of that game, but... I, I, I didn't highlight the flaws on a level that I would if it were any other game. Um, 
And so, you know, I'm a human being. I was just going to say that. We are only human, and that is like so many – again, it's so easy to cherry pick the things if someone makes one, you know, flub or mistake and to be like – or even a performance. Like, that was so bad. That person's terrible, blah, 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 blah. But it's like what about like Mm. the nine billion other things that that person did and digested and they were completely content and fine with? It's like we are only human. We are not computer machines here, you know? It's (laughs) – Yeah, like I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, I guarantee you, I will never make another mistake. I will make, I I guarantee you I'll make Mm -hmm. mistakes again. But it's it's more about like, I I hope to learn from those mistakes and to correct them where I can and to like, you know, make sure I don't repeat Mm. the same mistake twice is, is, it's like make mistakes, just, you know, try to not do them twice. Make new mistakes. And learn that way and grow as a human. And that's why. And that's, that's so I applicable to. in acting, too. You have to be in a position where you are willing to take risks, yes. be wrong, make mistakes. I mean, it's all subjective anyway mm-hmm. at the end of the day. But if you are not willing to, to make it a fool is, of yourself but... and, you know, uh, uh, stretch mm-hmm. your own boundaries and limits as a, as a performer, then you may never find those transcendental experiences and performances because to, to get there, it doesn't come yes. without. Um, I don't want to say sacrifice because you don't have to sit there and like give a piece of your soul and like you never get it back and now you're damaged for the entirety of your, your being. Right, right, but right. you have to be willing. It's like you exactly. have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to be vulnerable because we are at the end of the day, and I said it before and I, I believe it about you, we are out here to to tell the truth and we are out here to bring believable performances and we don't want to sell people on fake crap i mean we've we've experienced content made i mean yeah. gosh i mean anime 30 40 years ago it was like it, it, no one knew what was going on so there's a lot of really crappy sounding stuff but now we have the technology and we have the capability yeah. to say yeah let's have these things at a higher quality of caliber um and standard and i'm so glad we have someone like you young in this industry uh helping us make these stories come to life and reporting on the news and uh, the things on the front lines for gamers out here. You are a a genuine gift to this community, both as a performer Uh, and as a content creator. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll get more lost judgment because I'd love to, we we gotta have like a, like that photo we took. We gotta have a little team up with, uh, (laughs) we gotta (laughs) do something together again. A Gosh, yeah. uh, Young, thank Definitely. you so much for coming on the show. This has been a true delight. Uh, it's been a pleasure to to get to know you wow, even man. more, and uh, I, I hope to to see you again real real soon. If not, just getting a bite uh, in in the studio or or like in the, you know, like at this for or sure. in the same project, even though it's not at the same time. You know how this stuff works. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man, it, it's it's been a blast. Uh, it's been a really an absolute pleasure to have gotten to know you over the. I guess the months, yeah. almost a year. I, I don't know. It's time. What is time? But but man, no. I, I I you know your talent is is genuinely like inspiring. Uh, like your performances. When I do listen to them, I'm just like, oh, this is freaking good. Um, and, and uh, this was just a wonderful conversation. Therapeutic <laughs> in some ways, even. That's the um, goal. And man, I, we want you know. I mean, I'm sure you, <laughs> right. there's pieces of advice that you said that have have landed on me so hard, and I'm sure they have landed on yourself in some way. I hope because it's it's really mm-hmm. informative, man. For sure.
Absolutely, absolutely, and and dude, congrats on 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 this podcast, and you're really killing it, and I, you're such a great host. Like you're really good at like keeping conversations going. It's like this this has been this has been uh, seamless for me. It doesn't feel like I'm being interviewed. It just feels like we're hanging out. Awesome, awesome. man! So kind of um, you. I'm terrible at taking compliments yeah. compliments too, but I have wonderful people like you <laughs> and all the other friends who have had on the show, or people that are also in this industry that are gracing people. That anyone listening here with with our conversations, because um, I couldn't do this without the help of. people people like you and people who have mm-hmm. been trailblazing in whatever part of, you know, whether performing, content creating, you know, we've had a lot of people on and we plan to have a lot more people on. So um, on behalf of the show and the fans um, and my team, thank you so much for coming on. Y'all. He is I was going to say, he might be, he, he, no, let's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a, 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 the mental debate right now with myself. I can't, I'm like two people fighting. He is just, he's equally as talented as a, a voice actor as he is a content creator. I wanted to say he's probably um, uh, better as a voice actor, but because he just is, is such, it's such a marvel to see how good, surprisingly, um, fantastic he is as someone who was like completely content in doing something else but his pure love for for performing and being a part of the things that he loves it's just like he's like i want to do that and i want to be a part of those things and he he's if you haven't seen jojo's bizarre adventure i don't know if you've seen part six his his performance as poochie is like we were talked a little bit about it and the way that he crafted that character it is so good he plays the perfect villain and uh i mean jojo's is one of the most historical pieces of anime in my opinion uh one of the greatest stories uh with multiple parts that you know take you down different roads with with different kind of storylines along the way and and to see this part of it in this way uh with him in it is just so amazing i'm so happy i get to know him and he got to be part such of a a, a great great title and i hope that he gets to do more of the things that he loves because um i love it when people who are actually good people get to win you know like it's so competitive and i love people who appreciate the wins and you you saw how his face was lighting up when he was talking about when he got that that joe joe's uh confirmation and um there's probably so many other things that he couldn't say too i felt like yeah like he probably has a lot of shit going on that he wants to immediately tell everyone but listen ndas man such is the nature of this and i just want to say one thing Young commented about the debacle from Cyberpunk's release. Mm. While that was true, and rest in peace, console players, <laughs> you guys got screwed. You couldn't play the game. But revisit it now. Do yourself a favor. Mm. One of my favorite games ever. I'm sure Young played it through and he liked it. But yes, the initial release was terrible. Yeah. But as a gamer, talking to the gamers that are listening. Do yourself a favor and go play it now. It's fine now. You will have a great experience. Don't miss out on it because of all the uh, criticism from the launch. Yeah, that's it. That, that's kind of the part of it is that uh, the launch really kind of put a, a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Exactly. But I do think you know they were able to kind of get back to what they wanted to. And I hope you know even people like Young um, who kind of report on this, the next thing CD Projekt Red decides to do, um, hopefully um, it will it will show that they're, they, they care about their audience, they care about their fans. I hope that they kind of don't allow that mistake to happen again because uh, it's kind of put up or shut up 
point at this time. Great, they fixed Cyberpunk, and that's fantastic. But you know, it took them a long time to get there, and I'm sure the game is great. I'm I'm yeah, one of those people as well. It's inexcusable. Yeah. Yeah, I still haven't gone back and finished it, but I know you keep telling me I got to. Um, I mean, I had fun. You know, it was just like there was things, crashes, and stuff. But such is the nature of of game development, and it's kind of just like what Con, uh, Yang said: is we got to have communication. We got to be, you know, more open and and communicate with the fans and have a, a dialogue with the creators. It's like we are we are in a transaction here, and it also feels one sided at the same time too. Like these these studios are just like. Here you go, little people. Enjoy. Run off and frolic in the fields now with play our greatness. Our unfinished game. Yeah. Our unfinished game is ready for you to play. So hopefully that changes. Please. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. I hope we have more less microtransactions and more just like straight good games. Uh, that's my hope. Um, and I'm sure. So, go ahead. Are we? Uh, we're anti. Um, microtransaction here right on on uh, uh, I would I, I, I don't know I about you man but uh, yeah the hard hard so, stance on the anti loot box system so, so if you're pro microtransaction you're basically an anti poxer <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out you're an anti poxer listen we're we're taking a, a play Sorry. out of Young's book and we're just saying listen dudes if you're if you're a fan and you love loot boxes and you love that stance then uh maybe we're not the podcast for you I don't know I, I mean you can enjoy anti-po- it but you're not going to like hashtag anti poxer in the comments if you don't like microtransactions wait you know, no, you're a pot. Okay, you're you a poxer if you like them. All right, yeah, okay. we're we're fine here. You're getting the badge Everyone either way. Uh, this was a great <laughs> this was a great episode, y'all. So uh, stick around next week as again as always. Please review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Subscribe on YouTube. I keep we keep saying it, but uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for just continually. Uh, showing up and and being there and let us know if there's guests you'd like us to have. We have a lot of cool people planned, but um, it's uh it's been another treat. Um, I will see. You, Joe, in um, in a week, I'll be away, but we have an episode Stay still planned, and then we'll be yeah. back at it. So, um, right on, kick ass Enjoy and chew bubble gum, gum, right? Yeah, well, we're all out of gum, so. We're <laughs> <kick ass. laughs> all right. Yeah.